This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you doing today? Doing well, Sean. Monday's here. Uh, Big game tomorrow, but Cats got some big news over the weekend. They did. It's uh, 2021 has definitely been kind to Kentucky fans in the first couple of weeks, so We've been saying his name wrong, Derek. It's not Oscar Shibway. It's Oscar Shubway is how West Virginia has it. It is. Well, I saw uh, – I tweeted that out because I saw it on a story, but apparently in another West Virginia pronunciation thing, they did have Shibway. So I, I don't know. What do we do? Let's if West Virginia has two official pronoun- – yeah, Big O. We start calling Big Oscar. <laughs> uh, I'll say Shubway until we get it. Once he, I'm sure we'll have a Zoom with him once he actually enrolls in school, even though he probably won't play this year. I can remember Hamadou Diallo also, whenever he enrolled back in the 2017 season, they still made him available for one presser. So I'm sure they'll do the same for Oscar. And didn't get to talk to John Calipari today. Uh, he's going to do his radio show, but he wasn't available to media. And I guess he's technically not enrolled yet anyway. Um, no announcement. Or have they announced? I don't think they've officially announced it, they have they? No, they've yeah. not officially announced it, which tells you he hasn't signed anything in the form right. of a grand script or anything like that to attend Kentucky. But it's a big get, Derek. It's it's huge. It it continues the positive mm-hmm. momentum that Kentucky's kind of turned the corner here with some victories on this current team. But this sets up everything that we've talked about since the Louisville loss was for the future, right? We've been talking yeah. about all these pieces that we kind of expect to come back. Now you add a former McDonald's All-American, and two, he was considered one of the top 15 players in college basketball entering this season. When you add that to your roster, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who I believe was preseason uh, uh, Big 12 Player of the Year, right? Yeah, he so was. That's a that's a great talent, a kid who was a five-star, I think, in some rankings. So I sent you a... Speaking of Oscar, I basically sent you a roster, a potential roster for a roster for next uh, next season, and I left some guys off. But Sean, like you could have a team next year. The way I did this roster is I didn't have any like any of the freshmen who even have a chance with the NBA, which would be Jackson Clark and Boston. I didn't include them. And I didn't include Sar Mintz, who could also decide to return if they wanted to using the extra year. But I had basically everybody else on the roster returning besides those five guys. And that's a roster next year that could have four or five stars and then the rest be four-star ranked recruits and then Jacob Toppin. Yeah. So I think you're looking at a scenario next year where, I mean, 
even like I wouldn't even call that the worst case in terms of losing guys, but basically anyone who would have a path to the NBA, I didn't include back, and that's still a team that I think if you've got Devin Askew, Dante Allen, Keon Brooks, Lance Ware, Shoeboy, Damian Collins, I mean Scott Clark potentially, like Jacob Toppin, Jacob Toppin, another year older, like you you could see a team next year that could be probably preseason top five just right there alone without even coming down to any. NBA decisions where a guy might surprisingly come back. Yeah, and like like you mentioned, you know, we've mentioned Sky Clark on the show for months now that there's going to be an option there for him to stay in high school or to get to Kentucky next season. And I think it'll all depend on if anyone decides if there's a surprise returnee or someone, or maybe Davion Mintz or something decides to use an extra year. Then obviously, I think it could impact whether or not Sky stays in 22 or moves to 21. We still don't know exactly what's going to play out with Hunter Salas. And some yeah. other recruiting options. You also don't know who's going to go in the transfer portal between now and in May. I mean, it's that's the interesting thing about it. We didn't see Oscar on the radar until like a week ago, and now he's a Kentucky Wildcat. So, but you look at that roster, and you know Keon Brooks made his return at Florida, and now everybody I saw some people saying, "Well, if this is Keon Brooks, then you can kind of forget about him coming back." I don't know about that. I, I still think that I look at Keon Brooks as a guy who will probably be at Kentucky next season just because, I mean, it's, he's missed the first nine games of the season. He's still got a lot of room to grow. He's still got a lot to show to his game before the NBA really takes him seriously, Derek. He's not on any NBA draft boards as of right now. Uh, but that roster that you just put out there and you just named off and I'm looking at it, it's the perfect blend of talent and experience. And it's not just experience. Like right now, Olivier Saar and Davion Mintz and Jacob Toppin, they're experienced players, Derek. But there's there's something to be said about experience at Kentucky. And Keon Brooks, having Kentucky experience, you're seeing what it made and the impact it made Saturday at Florida. How about a roster that's just loaded with Kentucky experience? Yeah, I mean, you could have nine guys, right? Uh, nine or ten guys, I think, off that list, nine. And then, like, we talked about the other day, but, Shoeboy being a guy who's going to be here this semester and he won't be able to play, but he'll be able to play come come uh, October, November, whenever the season starts. So he's at least someone who's going to be acclimated a little bit with the system. Um, yeah, 10 months in the program. That's a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, this is uh, – I, I agree with you on Keon. I'd, I'd be really surprised if he had – if he left for the NBA after this year. I think he's trending toward – he has a good year this year. Because like keep in mind with Keon, from what I from what I saw anyway, and there might have been a few different mock drafts that maybe I didn't take into account. He didn't have a, a whole lot of buzz even coming into this year prior to yeah. it being known that he was injured. So that's why I don't think he's suddenly going to shoot up draft boards just because his name wasn't really in the mix anyway. But I think he could get to a point this year if he keeps playing well, he can he can be on some boards next year and and another good year than that year. Um, I think could probably be his last if he has a really good season. But so this roster, um, last point I'll make on it, and this is the projected backcourt, just what I wrote down, was Askew, Clark, Hickman, and Allen. Um, and, again, there's, you know, that's not for sure going to be the backcourt. we got to wait for it to be finalized. I do see an opening there, Sean, where you could use another shooting guard. I mean, because yeah. you've got Clark a combo guard. You can call Askew a combo guard. So I'm going to play off the ball. Really, only Dante would be the true two on that. And maybe it's – I mean, I think Boston's still going to leave. I think Clark's still going to leave. That's why I didn't include them. But Clark's the guy who's trending towards the bottom of the first round right now. He's had some injury 
things. Like, I, if it's a guy on the roster already, I think he would absolutely welcome those guys back. But I could see that being an area that, you know, we mentioned Salas, you mentioned Jaden Hardy. Like, I think they might add another two, another two guard in that scenario, if that's what the roster is going to be. I think they need to go get another shooter, another, yeah. you know, knockdown shooter to stretch the floor and space the floor along with Dante Allen. Uh, Devin Askew, we've seen, is capable of hitting, you know, hitting the outside shot. Sky Clark's capable of it. Nolan Hickman, not, not as familiar with his game. Haven't got to see him as much as I have other guys. But there's a lot of pieces here. I mean, it's obviously – it would be a roster, Derek, that it would be competitive to get on the floor at Kentucky, especially at those forward spots when you get into a roster that includes Lance Ware. You can see that the five position kind of already play itself out with Lance Ware and Shoeboy and Damian Collins with those guys. And then you could play – you could get, probably get away with at times playing two of them together. I know Cal likes to do that, even though it affects spacing. Uh, but you could definitely do it with those guys, uh, Cameron Fletcher, Bryce Hopkins. I mean, Jacob Toppin, Keon Brooks comes back. That's that's a lot of guys yeah, at that four or five. Uh, but you also have some versatile pieces there in Keon and uh, Toppin as well who can slide and play the three if need be. So it's a roster that would definitely fit together. And I think Kentucky fans are going to have a lot to be excited for going into next year. Like, It's never safe to assume at Kentucky, but – I feel more confident this year, and we've been saying it for weeks, that the core of this team will be back to kind of be the nucleus of what they're wanting to do next year. And then you piece all these new guys around it, and it's setting up to be a pretty solid team in Lexington next year with a lot of experience. It absolutely is. And, I mean, the good news this year is, I mean, the, the minutes that these guys are going to be able to play and just the experience they're going to be able to gain. We'll have to see, obviously, I mean, maybe there will be one or two guys potentially that I included on that list that wouldn't be back. Um, but at the same time, you're not you're not going to have anywhere near the problem you've had a lot of Cal years with just no experience. I mean, would stun me if they didn't get six, seven guys back potentially, as long as they you know want to be patient. You know, Topping where it's just trying to include you, boy, since he's going to be here. Fletcher, I mean, I guess Fletcher's kind of a wild card just because it, as of now, it kind of looks like he's not going to play again this season, but he did come back. He's obviously had some other issues, but he did come back. He seems to be buying back in, so I could see him back. Brooks, same deal. Allen, like, I don't think Allen's going anywhere. I don't think Askew's going anywhere. All of those guys would be a surprise to me yeah. if they went anywhere after the year. So that's a really great core for next year, not even counting like we said, some surprise decisions, things like that. So things are definitely looking up. And I think going back to what started this whole topic, from what you know about Shoeboy and what you know about Damian Collins, is that a is that a front court that, that could start together or is Shoeboy more of a, a true five and you would want to have someone like Brooks playing the four alongside him? Shoeboy's a true five. He's going he's gonna to impact the game with his back to the basket and his physicality more than he is his face-up game. That's why it's very important that I mention, you know, Keon Brooks, having a guy that can face up and play that four spot. Now, you can get away with it at times with Damian Collins and Shoeboy playing together or wearing Shoeboy together, but you don't want to do it for extended period of times. It would just affect spacing offensively. But I like the pieces that we've talked about there. We'll obviously have to wait and see how it all plays out. Who will Kentucky add? Who goes into the transfer portal? I mean, certainly it's a thing, Derek, that, you know, right now you might not have – any idea who you're targeting, and tomorrow there could be a name in the portal and it instantly becomes a must-get for you. That's that's kind of the... You boys thing lasted five days. I mean, he went in the portal January 5th. He committed January 10th. So, I mean... 
it's it's interesting. I, I'm going to make a prediction though. I was going to say that Kentucky and Kansas would return to the SEC Big 12 Challenge matchups next year. I think it's going to be Kentucky West Virginia. West Virginia will either be coming to Rupp or they'll send Kentucky back to West Virginia. It's all about storylines, Derek. Those, I mean, Huggins and Cal are all, all in the media. It's talked about how great of friends those two guys are. And I mean, Huggins had some not not so nice things to kind of say about Shoeboy when he left. So. That, that, any dynamics you think are going to change in that relationship, or you think those two guys will will be above that? But, I mean, it was clear Huggins was not happy about how that whole situation played out. No, and from everything that I've heard, it was more – it was upset at other factors and not Kentucky, that Kentucky did not tamper in this at all, that it had more to do with some people, you know, close to Shoeboy being concerned about how he was developing at West Virginia. And I texted you that Friday that I was on my way to Mississippi State, as soon as it – became known that Shoeboy was going to leave the West Virginia program. I told you, I said, that's a phone call that Cal needs to make right now. I didn't think it would happen, though, Derek. Honestly, even you can't just connect who they've recruited in the past because obviously things have changed. Uh, the way he left West Virginia, I know that was kind of some red flags when it comes to some people in the fan base, but I can tell you that Kentucky – uh, that everything's checked off on that list and can, everything is clear. Kentucky is good to go. Shoeboy's good to go. There was no tampering whatsoever from UK or anything like that. And I think there was a very good relationship with there with Shoeboy and the UK staff during the high school and during the recruiting process that carried over to now that it actually it made this an easy thing to do, Derek. Yeah, I mean, think about what they're getting. They're getting a – we talked about his preseason athletes, things like that, but he's going to be – Probably what twenty twenty one years old. Sean his third year. I know he wouldn't have technically wouldn't have three years or two years in prior to experience, but he's going to be in his third year of college whenever he starts for Kentucky next year. He's an instant I double mean, double. Yeah, six and nine, I, sixty. I don't remember who tweeted this. Um, I think it was a UK media member. Honestly, do not remember. But their post more or less said that you're not going to find someone as good as shoe boy probably in the portal. No. And that remains to be seen. But the fact that Kentucky already like has that locked up before you even get into the typical heavy transfer time after the season ends. And so that's a good point. I mean, you're going to have a really good idea of what this roster looks like and what Cal is going to have. I mean, before you, I think that's, I think that's going to be an encouraging thing. Like it's something the fan base is going to appreciate. Yeah. You can kind of see it now how it's playing out and what it yeah. should look like. Uh, but let's also talk about this before we move on to another topic. He impacts this team too, Derek, without stepping on the yep. floor and playing a game this season. He impacts it because now Olivier Saar, Isaiah Jackson, Lance Ware, and all those bodies, they have a physical force to go up against in practice. And here's a guy who is going to be in the, the weight program with Harris. He's going to be getting the, the, the proper diet, around-the-clock treatment, everything for the next 10 months. And I think what you hope for now is you hope for a normal summer. I think this summer will be more normal than last summer, even if COVID is still you know, an active thing that they're having to be aware of, Derek. But I think it will be more normal. If he gets 10 months in this program and he turns, he comes out and it's Big Blue Madness time in October and then they get the preseason uh, scrimmages, it's a guy that's been in your program almost a year. That's, I mean, it's, it's a great addition. I, it's not going to be often that a situation like this arises where a kid's leaving mid-year and I don't think you – in a lot of situations, it might be more red flags like you're talking about, but everything checked out with this kid. They had a prior relationship. 
What'd you think about the? Uh, I think it was maybe Jay Lucas's account, or it might have even been the official Kentucky basketball account. I honestly, don't know. DeMarcus. They kind of had the comp as Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> that's that's the body. That's the body and the kind of below the rim big guy. You know, he's 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 just a physical force uh, that you're going to see down there. He just he's going to make this Kentucky team tougher than what they already are. And when you practice against that guy, he's going to knock your teeth out if you go to the rim. <laughs> he's going to rattle. He's going to rattle your teeth for sure. Uh, I think it's a big addition, not only for next year. I think it's a big addition to get him in the gym right now and get him acclimated and get the the locker room used to him and just get him used to the program, Derek. It's huge. Uh, and you know we've been talking about all these pieces that we expect to return, and we got to we got to take notice of what John Calipari put out on social media this morning. So after kind of hammering home some of the mistakes and breakdowns that Dante Allen made against not only Mississippi State but especially Vanderbilt. He was really good on the defensive end versus Florida. I rewatched the game last night, and I saw all the plays that Cal tweeted out this morning. But I don't ever recall John Calipari putting a highlight tape out of anyone at any point. But I think after what he said and kind of talked about all the breakdowns against Vandy, it was very important for Cal to come back out and say, look at what this kid did in this game. Yeah, I mean, he had the cut-ups <laughs> that they had and. uh you know, you think about Keon's first basket on that alley oop. I mean, Dante's defense set that up. It helped lead to the turnover and get Keon going that game. That's it's a positive thing um, for sure that that Dante is getting better on that end of the floor. I mean, BJ Boston probably played one of his better games of the season, and Cal still played Dante 22 minutes. So I mean, I think as long as Dante's in there hitting shots and doing what he defensively doing what he did against Florida there's there's a spot for him for sure on this team and uh that's a big deal it's I mean it's really changed the team a lot and that's why I wish we could have heard from Cal today I'd really love to hear if there's an update on Clark or not um because that's like the final I say final piece I mean this is a guy who obviously has played in games this year and and whatnot and was supposed to be one of the better players but Everything about this program on this team is just so different in the last eight, nine days, ten days. You know that that, that window and it can get even better. Um, and the, I, I just think Clark getting back when he's healthy and to a point that he can really start to work with what he has now. I mean, you're you're potentially a month away from, and those those wins and losses, mostly losses are still going to be on the resume, no doubt, when it gets to March. But there could be a feeling that that Kentucky team you see at the end of February, you know, is nothing like what it was in December. No. I might be getting a little too far ahead of ourselves in terms of how the committee is going to view them because there's still a whole lot of basketball to be played. But um, I think they're they're closer to being that, could I say, potentially scary team. I mean, maybe. You're, uh, you're spot on with it. And here's how I view it. A couple of things here before we start to wrap up on this. So obviously Kentucky was 1-6 going into SEC play. That's not going away. But there's one thing that we're missing here, Derek, that the committee has to look at this differently. If Keon Brooks is really, really good for Kentucky in SEC play, it changes how you evaluate that 1-6 start, knowing that they were without their, their leader. I think that that it doesn't completely wipe it out, but I think it takes a little bit of the sting away. And – Outside of, you know, they lost to some good teams. They lost to Kansas. They lost to Louisville. You know, Carolina's there. Not a ton of awful losses there. Notre Dame certainly doesn't look like a really good loss. Uh, Still don't know exactly what's going to happen with Georgia Tech. But you mentioned the guys on the roster, you know, Terrence Clark coming back and fitting into this. 
Terrence Clark's a kid, Derek, that coming into Kentucky, we all were told and we knew that Cal had to kind of stroke his ego a little more than he does other guys. Like, that's just the type of guy that Terrence was coming out of high school. I mean, you had a five-star recruit, uh, flirted with the, you know, there was some flirting with the G League, whether or not he would even be at Kentucky or what, would he go to the G League, uh, BJ Boston, both of them on NBA draft boards. And I'm not saying that Terrence Clark has any selfish tendencies or anything like that, but I think that this stretch, BJ Boston didn't play well for a few games. Kentucky found and figured out ways to win without him. Terrence Clark has been on the bench for three games, and he's had to watch his teammates win without him. I think that that's huge for those two guys because now they've they've had to sit there and be like, okay, well, I come back, mm-hmm. I can either be a part of this or not be a part of it. And I, I just think that that's a humbling thing for for kids that and not not saying that they needed to be humbled, but I think it changes your thought process when you've watched your teammates get it figured out without you, and now you just want to come back and help and be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, 3-0 and since Clark's not been out there. And you, know, you can skew it the other way and say 3-0 and since Dante started playing or whatever you want to do. I mean, I think one thing that's that's tough for kids when they're in it, and I, I really think Calipari, for the most part, in his Kentucky career has done a great job of getting – I mean, it's what people talk about a lot, is just getting individuals to buy in for the benefit of the whole team. And it's going to be another challenge for him coming up to do that I think with with Terrence coming back but you know I also think Terrence is a guy who can really stand to benefit for some other weapons around him Uh, guys like Dante guys like Keon I think his whole game could really be elevated we we are very close I think they're they're like an Alabama went away uh maybe another one after that away from from Cal going full steam ahead on the hey Keon wasn't with us when we were losing all these games like that was not our real team it's definitely coming uh it's, and it's I mean, if, and if they if they're clearly just so much better a month from now with him, Kentucky's a mega brand in college basketball. I gotta think Cal's probably gonna whatever he says. I think is gonna have some some uh, some validity probably, and I think it's gonna help Kentucky. But uh, they gotta do that first. I mean, it's just been one game. We gotta see, you know, we gotta see a few more games. We gotta see if this is a one-time thing that Kentucky just looks as good or if it's, you know, a trend and that's really who they're probably going to be is this kind of really tough team uh, that's going to be, you know, a tough out. But the way they defended the other day at Florida, the way they were all just having fun, I mean, it, it just looked like a completely different team. Abby was watching the game with me on the couch, and she was kind of half paying attention, but I was like, this this doesn't even look like the same team. <laughs> out here. Like, they were crushing Florida. Um Everybody was smiling, having a good time, and uh, they, they were playing loose, I thought, maybe for one of the first times this whole season. Like, the, the they just went out there they, and just had fun and, and, just, and played great. The fact that they jumped 40 spots in the net rankings after one win just, just blows my mind. That they, I think it yeah. went from 129 to 89, if I'm not mistaken. They're up to, I think, 16th last time I looked in adjusted defensive efficiency in Ken Palm. So they're trending towards being an elite defensive team again, Derek. Uh, which is something that early in the season we both said that that's where they need to hang their hat on. And now the offense is starting to come along. The spacing's better. Dante's changed the game. Uh, Keon uh, getting to his face-up game has changed everything. you got a guy defensively now who can switch on big, switch on smalls, and, and defend both. Uh, Terrence Clark comes back to this, and I still think Terrence Clark's best basketball is ahead of him. I think B.J. Boston, you would have to think his best basketball is definitely ahead of him given the start he had to the season. This is a team that's starting to make strides, and now what you just hope for is they don't have to press pause at any point. 
for any reason, that you can kind of keep pushing forward, keep getting better. Uh, they're 3-0 in SEC play, Derek. Alabama's 4-0. I know South Carolina's off to the 1-0 start. So we'll have to, to kind of watch and see what happens with South Carolina. But this is a game where you can, if you win it, you just you take control of the SEC for a stretch. And then there's some winnable games here in January before you get that huge matchup with Texas. This could be – this is definitely Kentucky digging themselves out of a hole. Like they're, they, were, they were left for dead. They have a pulse. And I'm starting to think that everyone, everyone around the country is sitting there thinking, okay, now this is the Kentucky team that we thought we were going to see – but can they sustain it? I still think there's going to be a few bumps along the way, though. It's not going to be perfect the rest of the way. They're going to lose a game or two. They're going to look awful a game or two. That's just part of it. But if they keep making strides and they keep buying into their roles, I'm starting to think that this might be Cal's most consistent team when it comes to pieces contributing. Because right now you can look at every single guy on this roster, and they've contributed something at some point. You can't say that for every John Calipari team at Kentucky, but they've had to do it. Yeah. Have you had a chance to look at the Ken Palm conference only? I haven't. It's, there are some interesting things in this profile. Like if you can believe it, Kentucky's three-point percentage in terms of efficiency, and the SEC is number one in the whole league. And uh, the block percentage is number one. And then their, their defense, in terms of two-point shooting, Kentucky is a very, very strong defensive team. Where um, are they offensively now? In the league or in the country? In the country. In the country, they're 74th in adjusted efficiency. Okay, it's climbing. But the one big number, though, it's not a good number at all for this team, and we talked about it a little bit in the post game Saturday in terms of uh, defensive efficiency, in terms of offensive rebound percentage. They're, they're the worst team in the conference right now, giving up offensive rebounds. Yeah, that's been a problem. So, yeah. got to work on that in terms of rebounding. That would be a spot where if they could sum – it's not going to happen. It's against the rules, but – I think Cal's probably wishing Shoeboy could suit up next game, <laughs> help with that <laughs> physical up. presence on the post. But that's kind of rare for a, for a John Calipari team. I mean, a lot of his teams are phenomenal defensively and rebounding, and sometimes we talk about their struggles offensively. But this some encouraging well. numbers there in that. Yeah. But one last thing on Ken Palm. I know you got to run here soon. They have I would I would pinpoint really one, two, three, four, six games. Uh, seven. We'll add Arkansas. There are basically seven games left that can, as of now, the way you look at it, could really, really help them. More so three games with Texas and Tennessee, the two against Tennessee, because those are top ten teams. But Alabama's top 30, LSU's top 25, Arkansas's top 25 right now. Like There are opportunities to improve the resume these final few months, for sure. I mean, Ken Palm, they keep getting better every single time out. They're up to, I think at one point they were like, what, 10 and – 10 and 15 projected, and now they're up to 12 and 13. So they're going up almost a win every single time they go out there. Ken Palm's got a win in the next four. <laughs> so, See, that's you know. that's the thing is I just feel like yeah. this is the run that we were kind of looking at that we didn't know if they were going to go on. Now, it could obviously change, Derek. You could obviously see this team hitting a wall and reverting a little bit. They're going to revert at some point, whether it be for one game, two games, I think that's going to be the key thing to watch. Is I have a feeling they're young. They're going to have a night where they're not they're not on it, and they're going to revert to some of their old habits. Will it cost them a game, or will they be able to dig it out? Having Keon Brooks back is massive, I think, to change the mindset and the approach going into these games. Because even though these arenas are going to be – some are going to be empty, some are going to have maybe a couple – thousand people in there Keon Brooks has been to all these places they're, they're, that they're going to go play he's been on these road trips 
having that battle-tested teammate, it pays off. And I think that you're going to see it pay off big time for Kentucky as January moves along and then we get into February. But, Derek, we just wanted to get on here today and recap. Kentucky landed a huge commitment from Oscar Shubway. Wanted to talk a little bit about Dante Allen and what John Calipari put out this morning. We'll obviously have more tomorrow with Cal speaking tonight. I won't get to hear that live. I'll have to hear that delayed. Uh, but we'll be back uh, tomorrow for another episode. We also want to give a shout-out to the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Derek, I was looking on their Facebook page this morning, and their hours, they, they've had adjusted hours since they opened back up. But today marks the first day that they're back on full schedule. So they're they're getting ready for the national championship game tonight. But now, starting today, they're back full-time. They're open Monday and Tuesday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., Wednesday and Thursday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. It had been like 5 to 11. So now they're on full, full hours and back on normal schedule, and they're excited uh, to get back and everybody out there. Uh, for their full schedule, but you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check out both Facebook pages, the Butcher's Pub Palmville and the Butcher's Pub Williamsburg. But Derek, I think that's all for us today. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you tomorrow on Kentucky Daily.